0: Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. And today we are visiting with uh, guests from Camp Ripley. And with us today, uh, Chief Warrant Officer 2, Kristen Tritz, who is the Project Officer for Camp Ripley, and Master Sergeant uh, Matt Kresbach, who is the Operations NCO for Camp Ripley. And first of all, folks, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Thanks for for
1: having us today.
0: So, uh, we haven't heard much about the Norwegian exchange here recently. Can you bring us up to speed on what's happening there?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, due to the COVID and COVID mid- mid- mitigation throughout the state, um, 2020 and 2020, have been canceled to have the large exchanges. We all uh, we though due to technology have had the opportunity to have many staff engagements within the north within our Norwegian partners. We actually were able to connect this morning and have almost an, uh, an hour meeting with our with our Norwegian contingent and staff. And we also had General Cruz on the line with their home guard commander this morning as well. So technology has really given us an amazing advantage to still keep that connection and partnership. Um, and also, just be able to have that time with them that we were unable to have due to the COVID of 2020 and 2021. And how did that whole Norwegian exchange program come about? Do you know? Yep, in 1974, it was started with a handshake agreement between the two the two nations. Um, Norway and Minnesota obviously have a huge cultural tie throughout the years, all the way back to the 99th Infantry. Battalion and Camp Ripley, but just our, our, exchange, our normal cultural exchanges. So it started with the handshake in 1974 and has continued throughout the years as a yearly exchange, which is a pretty amazing feat considering within the DOD community. Um, it, it is just an amazing opportunity for our soldiers to be able to go to Norway and have that experience and for sure. the Norwegians to come here as well. Throughout the years, there's been over 10,000 soldiers, that have been able to participate in that program since wow. since the 70s that's, that's amazing i love that i think that's cool yeah and you i know yeah. when they're here you always have a lot of fun too um it's it's amazing to see the cultural ties between the two nations and the two d- defense agencies you know just the, the common bond right from the northern minnesota standpoint to to norway
0: fun yeah now uh And during that training, did it start kind of as winter training and progress from there? Am I correct in saying that?
1: It it, it sure did. Um, And Norway still participates when our um, Minnesota National Guard soldiers go there. They participate in winter operations training and learn the basic skills of winter operations and winter survival And same thing on this side. When it first started in the 70s, it was winter-focused on this side as well. And as the years have progressed and the threats across the nation have progressed, um, they get the opportunity to work with our domestic domestic partners here in Minnesota. So they do a lot of our domestic operations training. And then at the end of the training event, they get the opportunity to exercise those tasks within our state and local community partnerships. So Morrison County... Um, local little falls pd all the way st cloud and some of the metro pds and counties participate in that final exercise as well so it's a it's a great opportunity for our state as well for those interagency partners to participate in that training
0: we always like to hear the stories of the cultural exchange (laughs) at that dinner that you have that's usually very special though isn't it for you
1: Yes, we actually get the opportunity to have three different meals while they are here. We do an American meal for them, which is a steak and potato style meal. They get the opportunity then to cook for us. um, And we've gotten to have many different Norwegian dishes throughout that. We've had the opportunity to have reindeer stew and other um, Norwegian style vegetables and fruits, which is A fun opportunity for us. And um, the unique opportunity between those two meals is that when we all get to sit at the table, we get to talk through our own cultural meals and kind of explain the history culture as to why those dishes were picked and what they mean within our our society. So that's always a fun meal to share as well and a fun experience. And then at the very end, once that domestic operations exercise is done, we all get to share a final um, formal meal as well which is kind of the end of the exchange and talk through all of the amazing opportunities everyone's had. And the same thing happens on the other side in Norway as well. So um, we bring all the steak and potato meal there. They cook a Norwegian meal for the soldiers there. And then they have a final banquet as well with all the winter operations training wrap up.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, it really is. Have Have they ever made a comment about the fact that there are so many last names that they see on your patches that are very Norwegian, if you will?
1: Uh, that's actually on both sides, um, uh-huh. a, very com- a very common thing, um, and even first names as well, just that shared naming throughout the, the, two, yeah. the yeah. two areas.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating, fascinating. So uh, even though you're not actually having them here, you're still staying in touch. And, as you mentioned, yeah. Yeah, so talk a little yeah. bit more about that.
1: Um, so throughout the last year of COVID, we try to hold a quarterly teams engagement within our, within our counterparts. And we just kind of talk through what's currently going on in, in each nation, whether it's the COVID numbers, COVID vaccine numbers, and just planning. Currently, right now, we're working on planning a, a small staff exchange in September. So hopefully COVID dependent, we will have five to six Norwegians here in minnesota for a week and five or six of us will get the opportunity to travel to norway as well hopefully um based on covid mitigation yeah and those kind of things but we're all very excited to have in-person communication as well you can build relationships through all of our digital media but it's not the same as being able to actually sit across the table and share coffee and share a meal and have those conversations of course so we're very excited at that hopeful opportunity this fall fingers crossed right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. And yeah. and you know, we're planning on a 2023 Norwe- uh, 2022 Norwegian Exchange and hopefully we are all sitting around the table come next March and we can share in those opportunities as well. And our soldiers miss that opportunity too. It it's a big deal as a as a young enlisted soldier to get the opportunity to go to Norway. So I know our soldiers have been disappointed as well and are very much looking forward to the opportunity to be able to travel to Norway and train with them as well.
0: Yeah. I've always been curious. So you get deployed once in a while. Have you ever run into some of the Norwegian soldiers while deployed around the world?
1: I I have not, but I know it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. um, And those relationships, um, there's many times where soldiers will build the relationship, whether it's with the host family or within the Norwegian training part, part partnerships and they will go back and forth. Our deputy commander here has a longstanding relationship and travels to Norway frequently through a connection that he built within the Nor within the exchange and outside um, of the military. Yep. There's been Norwegian soldiers that have come to Minnesota to participate in weddings and other family events from people that they've met here. And so it's not just the soldiers that get to go to the exchange there but those that come here for the exchange um there's been soldiers that have created travel plans and have kind of stopped through some of the families and soldiers that they yeah. have met here so it's super interesting i mean personally i still have communications with some of the partners i've built you know whether it's a, a merry christmas at christmas time or you know just genuine holiday greetings and that relationship that gets built
0: that is really neat mm-hmm. yeah all right um Master Sergeant Krebsbach, I was going to ask you then a few questions. Uh, we understand, uh, and we hear this, we're going to the field. Um, do you, I understand you're going to the field?
2: <laughs> and what does that really mean? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, I mean, no, I, so going to the field, it's not like we're not going out and bailing hay or anything. <laughs> but it's, uh, going to the field is what we refer to when we, we go beyond the range gate and get out of our controlment area, and we get... To, to go down and kind of set up what would be more of an austere training environment. And uh, going to the field, as they, as we call it, it, it starts far be before we even load the trucks to get down, down range or down, down field. <clears throat> and it starts with uh, our adjutant general's focus, which is to have a, a competent and ready force. So in order to be competent and ready, I mean, that starts months prior with uh, admin events and uh, medical and dental events, making sure everybody's physically and mentally fit. To go downrange or go to the field, um, but once we get to the field, as we call it, that that's the uh, kind of the capstone events for training in Minnesota before we go to a, a collective training center like a Fort Hood or an NTC or something like that. But it allows our uh, our junior leaders and senior leaders to exercise what we call troop leading procedures to do some backwards planning so they can get op orders and then start backwards planning, doing time frames and stuff like that. Um, inspecting their soldiers gear and make sure that they're doing stuff right
0: i'll bet that's exciting though breaks up the routine of uh yeah. barrack life if you will
2: right no absolutely it's a lot better than sitting through powerpoints and briefings and stuff like that and <laughs> listening to people you know give you classes so it's when you actually get to put what you've been training on yeah. you know you get to put it to practice and get get to uh, exercise what you uh join the military to do and that's you know to get Get out there and put the rounds on target into uh, elite soldiers.
0: And once you're in the field, is it uh, individual training, uh, group tactics, a little or all above? of the above? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, what kind of things?
2: Yeah, I, I guess the generic answer is uh, you know option C, all of the above. But it all starts with you know individual training. So you know you start with your individual weapons qual. And once a soldier knows how to you know individually you know get tested out and to prove their proficiencies then they, they start building off that. And that's when you can start doing your squad exercises, like a movement to contacts. Or a lot of times we have, you know, the down range. here, we have uh, these larger scaled ranges for our, like Bradleys and tanks and stuff like that, and our uh, mortar men and field artillery. So a lot of times that's probably what our neighboring communities hear when they hear the booming and banging going on <laughs> here. But those are more than uh, individual tasks. That's, you know, once you're getting into a squad, crew, platoon, company level.
0: And that training is crucial, obviously
2: absolutely that that is uh that's where we actually you know that's where we make our money right so we we believe in a train as you fight so that's why we pride ourselves in giving soldiers the premier training facilities here at camp ripley so that when they do have to go to like an ntc down to fort or when in the mojave desert or down to fort hood you know it's not the first time they've seen this type of an environment we try to simulate it as close as we can here and then even more so it's in uh, once you get overseas you know then it's it should be more of a react than a think about. Oh boy, what am I doing?
0: Yeah, and I would think you go, uh, if you will, in uh, going to the field. You 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 probably do that fairly often because that repetition really gets you familiar with the gear, the tanks, the equipment. Right, the process.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and, it, and it's a it's a training cycle that leads into you know culminating events. So, like say for like a Bradley crew or a tank crew, you know, they've got their their uh, gunnery tables. You know that they have to go through. So it's about four months of being actually downrange or in the field, as we call it, to lead into that uh, culminating gunnery cycle. So, yeah, there's a lot of, it's not just you go down there one, one month out of the year. So a lot of the line units are downrange down or in the field, probably about four or five months out of the year.
0: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that makes that proficiency quotient go up quite a bit, doesn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Excellent.
0: Yeah.
1: So what do we have more to look forward to here as we head into spring down at camp?
2: Uh, so right now we're kind of transitioning from our, our gloom and doom months of the year, You're right? Cause <laughs> the sun poked out a couple weeks ago, and now it's hiding again. But as the snow starts to melt and the ice is thawing and stuff like that, um, we're starting to transition into some of that stuff like we just talked about, like individual weapons qual. That's when the units are trying to get their soldiers downrange, and they can start uh, doing the individual weapons qual. They start uh, focusing on driver's training, initial driver's training, training. Um, we just hosted an event last week, uh, which was the Best Warrior competition. So that's where a lot of the battalions and uh, <clears throat> major uh, command units across the state send their selected individual to represent their best lower enlisted and their best NCO non commissioned officer, and they compete for the uh, Soldier of the Year competition. So that was a, oh. I believe, a three or four day event mm-hmm. here, and that just wrapped up. So. You know, we have events like that going on to take up a lot of time. Um, we're going to be moving into next week. We do it the disabled veterans are doing a uh, turkey hunt. So we start moving into some of those type of events. Cool. Um, we've been re- really busy lately, um, kind of doing a supporting role in support of a uh, operation safety net and the civil unrest that's going on down in the metro unfortunately mm-hmm. but uh so that's been occupying a lot of our time here at camp, is making sure the soldiers are ready and they're getting transitioned into a supporting role for our state yeah.
1: thank you guys for doing that
0: yeah really hmm. I, I don't want to go back to a minute the best warrior competition <laughs> uh, so yeah. what kind of events take place there uh in in that competition
2: yeah. So they, they try to take this holistic soldier concept and they put it into a, put it into a test. So they, they evaluate the soldiers and NCOs on a lot of different things, but they'll do uh physical fitness tests. They'll have them do a, a board. So they'll have to report in front of a president of a board and they ask them questions and they get uh, graded on their knowledge base of what they're being asked. Then they have a like five different weapon systems that they have to clear, disassemble, reassemble, and do functions checks on. And then they do a weapons qualification, they do land navigation
0: skills, wow.
2: uh, confidence courses, and then oh, wow. a, a ruck march. Yeah.
0: How okay. far is that ruck march? <laughs> I
2: a, okay. I thought it was a five march. or ten. It, it five or
0: ten.
2: A, yeah. And that's with a, a full, it has to be a minimum of 35 pound rucksack, too. So. Wow, it's a yeah, very and challenging
1: event for those 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 soldiers to fit that many tasks into about a forty eight hour window is about what it turns out to be.
0: Wow, wow. that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, who was the winner? Do we know? Can we say?
1: Uh, it was on the Facebook page, Corporal Ellingson.
0: Remember okay. who
1: the MPO, or the soldier was? Yeah, it's on the Camper Ripley Facebook page. Okay, well,
0: there we go. Our listeners we'll can check, check that, that out there. Out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> neat. Um, do I understand that you have some helicopters practicing the water uh, bucket procedures there uh, here during this fire season down at Camp Ripley?
2: Yes, that is correct. We have uh, helicopters are they're, they're always here, but you know now that the ice is thawed and they can start you know doing dips out of the lake, they can do bucket drops and stuff like that, and, and that's all part of the controlled burns that they start doing in the springtime too. You notice know, they're burning off some of that undergrowth. So a lot of times we, we try to do our best to relay that information to our neighboring communities. So when they see a lot of smoke rolling out of Camp Ripley, it's, it's most of the time it's intentional. <laughs> we can help so,
1: you spread the word if you ever need us to. We're right, here. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. We appreciate that assistance, too. Sure. And then um, so they then. then once we've gotten that downrange area prepped with, you know, with all the burns and all that type of stuff, and we've got the training area set up, and then we're going to start moving into the more heavier part of our summer, and that's when the units start doing their annual training. So they'll be reporting in for two weeks. So even though a lot of our units are maybe tied up, you know, assisting the state in other areas right now, we do have a lot of uh, outstate units and uh Uh, civilian agencies that are still coming in they start utilizing our our down range facilities now
1: and our community our army reserve community within fort snelling and saint cloud and the local area comes in to do their two weeks of at cycles as well so that will begin in about a week and a half the end of the month is our first at cycle so we're very excited to have at season start and
0: get
1: back to normal routines after covid yeah
0: never a dull moment at camp ripley is there (laughs) no no we
2: have those names, actually, for you now, sir, and that's the uh, for the NCO and the Soldier of the Year. The uh, Soldier of the Year this year was PFC Ethan Buckner, and the NCO of the Year was Corporal Jacob Ellingson. So those are the two individuals that will be representing Minnesota against the other states when they do a national uh, Soldier of the Year competition. Oh,
0: wow. Congratulations to them. That's neat. Yeah, and best mm-hmm. of luck in that mm-hmm. national competition. Yeah. That would be uh, amazing. All right. Well, uh, again, folks, thank you so much uh, for being here today to talk about all that's going on there at Camp Ripley. Um, and uh, hope to see you again sometime. Thank
1: you thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks thank for you. having us. All right. Have a good day. You too.
0: Our guests today include Chief Warrant Officer 2, Kristen Tritz, and also Master Sergeant Matt Krebsbach who is the Operations NCO for Camp Ripley. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget, our Community Focus programs are available anytime. They're on our website at 1067wjjy.com.
1: And you can also pick them up through our free downloadable app, powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.